The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Freaking first cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round for recap for this week's AT&T, Byron Nelson. And joining me to break it all down, Greg Ducharme is here. What's up, Greg? Rick, great to be back again today uh, for the second go around. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting some Kyle Porter takes on this one. Well, Kyle Porter is here to provide those takes. KP, good to see you. Yeah, I've got, I don't know how many takes I have right now, Greg. I'm kind of, I'm pacing myself. It's like Spieth before Augusta. You need to finish T6 uh, and, yeah. and kind of, and it kind of pace your way. And yeah, yeah. I'm trying to peak next yeah, Sunday, you're... not this Sunday. Uh, okay. I am yeah. going to, I am going to be in and out of this podcast because I have some uh, HQ duties. So I'll be, I'll be out and I'll okay. be back in. So uh, I'll try to, I'll try to provide takes along the way. If, if you duck out, we know where you've gone. And it was a two-hour and 22-minute rain delay, but we are ready to just do it. Let's crown him. K.H. Lee, victorious at the AT&T Byron Nelson. Greg, this is his uh, first PGA Tour victory. He was a four-time winner over in Asia, and he will be the last man into this PGA Championship field next week. Yeah, it was a, it was a really nice week for him. Kind of a guy. Um, I know I didn't expect him to win. Apparently, there was somebody else here who on uh, earlier in the week did. Um, I was not one of them. And the reason for that is he's a short game guy. Like, like he he has some venues that are really good for him. The one that comes to mind is Riviera. He does really well there because um, his strength is really short game. But this week he turned into somebody different, and all of a sudden was a great tee to green player. He was uh, third. Um, approaching the green he was third tee to green um, and he, he still did perform well around the greens he was 11 of 13 scrambling ninth putting so he he um he had kind of a unique week where he was really hot with the irons and that's what led him to victory today early on he just continued to flag it on two two three four uh and then again on six those holes he hit really good iron shots he did it again on 17 um and it won him the tournament this KP, I'll, I'll tee you up on this. Um, he flipped the, the script early in this in this thing on Sunday. I mean, yeah. this was like 12 hours ago at this point. But remember, he entered Sunday one shot behind Sam Burns. He birdies two, three, four, and six. He adds another on eight, but st- essentially through five holes, he had a three-shot lead, and he never looked back. Yeah, he did. And 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 really, the guys around – you know, we saw – who did we see on Sunday? Uh, Patton Kazire and Berger – were combined 17 under, but they're so far. It was like it, the guys around him, Burns and Schwartzel, and even even like the Noren Spieth, uh, who else was it? Scott Stallings, I think was in that yeah. group. Yeah. They didn't really, uh, my guy, Scott Stallings, they didn't really <laughs> push either. And so what happened was it was almost like the one guy out of the last, I don't know, three groups 
that played the best ended up ended up winning the tournament. And and that was that was sort of going to be the recipe at this course, right? Because and and I don't I, I shouldn't say play the best. Obviously, you got to play the best, but scored the best. You got I mean, you got to and and this was so crazy about his win. We talk about Spieth was on the No I Know podcast earlier this week talking about how you can't ever be perfect. And Cage Lee made uh, one bogey through his first 62 holes. I mean, it, it's it's as close to perfect as you can kind of be in a golf tournament. And I, I'm with Greg. I thought he was I thought he was super impressive all week. I wondered how the rain delay two hours and 22 minutes when he is on uh, 16 green was going to impact things, Greg. And he missed he missed the par putt after that. Uh, but then he just goes up there on 17, which is a par three and he stuffs one too. let's see here. Three feet, 11 inches, knocks that in. And then we got the old the old KP Vince Carter gif at that moment. Right. And and Sam Burns had a real good shot. And you can see things. Things change after a rain delay. We saw it at Masters on Saturday when Hideki Matsuyama went crazy. And there, the, the fortunate thing for KH Lee here is there weren't quite as many holes. Um, yeah. But the right. So it wasn't like there was six holes where Sam Burns could just come out, reset and go crazy. There wasn't enough room for that. But if he makes... He makes bogey at 16 and then there's another he loses another shot at 17 and you have 18, which is you could make you could see an eagle there. So you could see another swing and all of a sudden it gets pretty tight. Um, and the shot at 17 after Burns hit it in there to makeable range really sealed the deal. Uh, and I, I thought it was a clutch shot and not although it's an easy shot because it's a wedge um, with no wind and it, it's not a very long hole. Uh, it's it's a difficult shot to execute in that moment and hit it to three feet it's still uh better than average it's much better than the average he also uh better than most he also played it was almost like he played three different tournaments on sunday right so he played the front nine and you're just trying to put it i mean you're trying to shoot 30 essentially or mm-hmm. whatever 30 31 32 then you start that back nine and you're trying to you're trying to keep it at level par because it's rainy and you've got a three-stroke lead and you've you're you're you guys can't really there, there wasn't a ton of room to operate right there wasn't a ton of room to make a, a bunch of birdies like we'd seen all week and then he has to play those last three holes where you kind of turn it up a little get a, a little bit again but he also has the lead so he i thought mentally like he he was kind of playing three different events and he played them all really uh he played them differently but he, i thought he handled them all very well it's a good way to look at it kyle because there was definitely a big change for the second nine when the rain came because all of a sudden it get you, you think when it rains on a golf course it's going to get softer it's going to get easier but there's a big difference between playing uh after a rain and playing yeah. in the rain and in the Especially rain is always rain. challenging, right? I mean, it was pour- it's pouring rain. It's hard to make yeah. birdies. But so the the event kind of it went through a stretch where and there are some tough holes, tougher holes uh, on in that stretch as well. Early back nine. Um, but it just kind of got everybody was just making pars. Maybe a bogey here or there, a rare birdie for some of the guys on 18. But it was like nothing happened for that whole stretch in the middle. And KH Lee's three-shot lead, three-shot lead, three-shot lead, three-shot lead for like four straight holes. Um, not easy to do, but at the same time, it, it really helped him, I thought, because it was hard, It was so hard to make birdies, but it's it's still soft and the greens are slower, slowing up. And it's not going to get away from you where you're making, you just start making a ton of bogeys. It kind of levels the, it makes it hard to, to make a, a move basically. Yeah. Yeah. Out, 
Outside of Monday, or excuse me, Thursday evening, KP, where you were like, ah, KH Lee 66 to 1, that's kind of interesting. The, I don't think we saw this coming into the week, right? I mean, his his runner up finish at the Waste Management uh, um, a couple of months ago and this event are, are two obviously top 10 finishes. Those His last top 10 before this. T5 at the 2019 RSM Classic. It's uh, It's been a while for KH Lee on the first page of the leaderboard. Yeah, and it, and it's weird because I don't know why I said him on Thursday night. We have the clip somewhere. I think I think uh, it's on the first cut. Yeah, uh, I, w- I would love to know why why you thought that. I don't know. I just it, it was it all the leaders, and we talked about this after the first round. Like speed at two to one was a joke. Like it, it was or whatever it was two two and a half uh, plus two twenty five. Something like yeah, that. I think that's right. I'll tell I'll tell you why. I mean, here, so after for, after the first round, he was third in strokes gained approach. He was fourth from tee to green, and he was ninety eighth in putting. And then you start to see what he did over the next couple of days. Well, he was fifth in putting on Friday. He was thirty first. That's just fine on Saturday. And then as of right now, he is tenth on Sunday. It was essentially a let's get a hot putter. So play, this, was the, <laughs> this, this, this was, was the model. This is the model. This is the positive outcome of the model. Okay. Yeah. All right. When, it, when it. it works, <laughs> what did he shoot in the first round again? He was a uh, he was uh, sixty five. Sixty five. Yeah. So he was right there and had a bad putting day. Okay. I yeah. understand. But it's a but great to, t- to Rick's great. point, like he's not a great ball striker. Did you guys see his his uh, that article? It was it got passed around. I think they mentioned it on the broadcast also, but where he talks about how he talked about a bunch of things, but he started playing golf because he wanted to lose weight, which is yes. great. Yeah. But also the other thing, and I, I kind of wrote about this a little bit for Sunday night. He, he says he literally dreams about winning on tour. Like he, like not like everybody's like, Oh, it's my dream. You know, like he, he, it's like, literally he has these dreams where he wins on tour. I it's doubt not it like, it's not it. written on the goal sheet. He's sat, he's <laughs> th- dreaming it in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is awesome. And yeah. it, it's, it probably didn't include like 150 minute rain delay and a missed par putt right after that. <laughs> but I, I think it's crazy to Rick's point. Like he's not a great ball striker. He's, he's fine. He's, he's a, he's a, decent ball striker but in a field it's not like this field was bad it was pretty good you had bryson you had john rom zalatoris i think was first in ball strike or uh strokes and t to green this week speed's hitting it great and then all of a sudden cage lee just has and, and we see this happen right like and, and it, i'm glad he took advantage of it because he doesn't have ball striking le- uh, weeks like he did this week it's not this isn't a burn situation at valspar where you're like I don't know. Great pedigree could be a floodgate situation. Cage Lee is more of just a kind of a middle of the road guy who might win two or three times on the PGA tour over the course of his career. So it's, it's cool. I think to see guys take advantage of those, you know, handful of opportunities that they have. I love it when guys who are about to win mark their nine inch putt on 18. It's the best. I know it. I know it looks corny. I know you're not going to miss it, but you deserve it, man. Don't tap that in. Get your get it all out there. Let everybody finish. Have your moment. You deserve it. I love that. That's what K- KH Lee did. It's the best. That's a that's a I, yeah. A I love perfect. it too. Sam Burns, you, you gotta you you make the last putt to win. There should yeah. be. It, it's almost it's more fair to your opponent um, to your playing uh, playing partners as well. You don't want everybody right. going nuts when you know or, rush unless storm you in the field. 50, yeah, if you roll in a fifty-five footer or whatever, well, okay. then you got to deal with it. I mean, that's just part of 
Yeah. Yeah. I was at uh, at the US Open at um Pebble and remember when Gary Woodland made like the forty footer to win it? Yes. Yes. But he was yeah. he was up like three or whatever. It was yeah. I saw I saw Spieth and JT right after that and I was I was kind of we were walking back and I was talking to them about Woodland and they're like this dude's never won a major before. He doesn't know to do, he doesn't know that you have to lag that and then like get the ovation <laughs> and mark it. Right. Right. <laughs> and I was That's cracking awesome. up because it was it was a very like, hey, this is how it's done type type conversation. Yeah. This is the way we do love- things out here. Welcome yeah. to the tour, yeah. Gary. I love it. I love it. Sam Burns does not go back to back, gentlemen. He enters Sunday with a one shot lead over KH Lee. Didn't play particularly well. It ends up being a two under 70 to get him in, I believe, solo second at this point, Greg. And uh, it certainly does not take away from the accomplishment of going win runner up in two consecutive starts. But is this one of those things where you look back and say, oh, man, that that one might have gotten away from me a little bit? Well, the start of this round, I think, was more and I alluded to this a little bit earlier. Um, the start of this round turned out to be more important than um, than it is in a normal week. Now, it's always important on Sunday the way you start. But those first couple of holes, I think, were even highlighted um, because of the weather that came in afterwards and the log jam that just kind of happened, where you couldn't really you couldn't really make a move in the in that middle back nine. And yesterday, if you look at Jordan Spieth's round, he got off to a similar start. He's even through five, and then goes nuts the rest of the way. And because of the weather, that was taken away. So KH Lee, who gets it done in those first six holes, first eight holes, whatever you want to call it, Sam Burns was unable to do it. And for that reason, he doesn't end up winning. The slow start cost him the chance to um, to get hot during that round. So I think he takes away a ton of positives. He is still in great form. He's expecting to contend week in and week out. And he's, uh, I would say, expecting to win at this point. He probably leaves upset that he didn't win, but there are a ton of positives for him to take away. It's the expectations for me, KP. I think expectations for Sam Burns have certainly changed over the course of the past couple of weeks, whether they are in his own minds or whether they in uh, they are in our minds. Uh, but he, this is he's kind of been on the verge of this, where he's been playing just ceiling golf for a couple of rounds at a time, and now we're starting to see it pay dividends as he puts three rounds together, three and a half rounds together, four rounds together. And I think our expectations for Sammy Burns have changed. Yeah, they have. And, you know, this was a little bit of a reversion to what we saw at the beginning of the year, right at, uh, uh, where did he, Tory, And then Genesis, Riviera. And, and not, I mean, listen, like you can't, you're not going to win. Like one of the biggest or most annoying misnomers is like, oh, stars win every time they're in contention. It's like, no, they don't. Like they win, they're in contention a lot. Therefore, they win a lot. It's not like... Right. They, they take advantage of every single time. So I, I just, right. I don't know. I, th- I think no matter what happened, I, I just, sometimes I just discard Sunday altogether. It's like, I, I don't know. You put yourself in that position, whatever happens over the last 18 holes happens. And I, I just, I don't know. I, I remain like, this does nothing to what I think about Sam Burns. If anything, this week overall kind of bumps it up a little bit. Like I'm starting to, to like, where I view him in my mind, I think is starting to gain some momentum to where he's becoming like one of those. Okay. Is he a top 25 type guy? Is he, is he a top 40 type guy in the world? And I don't know, maybe he is. We'll, we'll see. 
Maybe he is. We'll see. I like that. That's like the subtitle of my uh, a book about Sam Burns. Um, Jordan Spieth. <laughs> Let's talk about that. You'll talk about momentum leading into a PGA championship. Jordan Spieth, another top 10 T9 here at the Byron Nelson. I, I'm not even going to try to count how many top 10s he has this year, Greg. It's quite a few. He's got the win on the resume. He's going to a place where he can become the sixth man to complete the career grand slam. I don't know what you want to say about his Sunday round. It wasn't great. It was his worst round of the week. He shot a 71. It's one under par. It's not nearly good enough to win a birdie fest like we had at, uh, at, at the Byron Nelson this year, but Spieth is just cruising, straight cruising. Yeah, he's uh, he's clearly in very good form, and and I think this is proof in a way that what he did for from February through Masters was not a uh, was not a fluke, right? It, this is back to Jordan. He's he is back, like as back as you can be. This is the Jordan Spieth that first came out on tour, contending week in and week out, winning when he has a chance, continuing to put himself in position. And he takes a little bit of a layoff after Masters and um, and ends up getting COVID and things get his that routine gets shifted, right? It changes. And when he gets back to golf, this is what we get. We get a we get good Jordan still. And to me, it's proof. It's like like Kyle was saying, Sam Burns week this week is kind of validation. This week is validation to me for Jordan Spieth because he he comes back after a period of time where he's not able to play. So he's not it's not just a hot streak that he he was on. There's real skill that's been developed here. There's real trust that's been developed. He has some real um, a real solid foundation in his golf game right now. And it's um it, it's an extremely he's in an extremely positive place right now. <laughs> Ninth in strokes gain, T to green on the week, 14th on approach, 51st in putting, and 46th around the green. So we didn't we didn't even get the short game magic KP from Spieth this week, but he just continues to uh to do him. You got you love to see it. Yeah, you do love to see it. I, I'm with Greg. It's definitely it's almost as uh important or I think validating is the right word. It's almost as validating as anything we saw leading up to the masters, because I think sometimes we talked about this on Thursday, Rick, you, you, you get on these runs toward a major and then you play great in the major and then you just fall off and maybe you win that major or whatever. And he almost did, but then you just fall off the map and for him to not have played in a month. I mean, Kepka came out not having played in a month and missed the cut. I think for, for speed to, not played in a month and to kind of be at this baseline of like, yeah, my baseline is as a top 10 guy week to week. And so that's one thing. I think the other thing is like, he hasn't spent a ton of emotional equity toward events leading to the PGA. That was the concern going to the masters was like, he, he, and I thought he did a great job of managing it. But when you win, when you're like contending and just kind of just everything leading up to the masters, it felt like he was emotionally more drained than he is going into the PGA. So I, I think he's in an awesome spot. I do get, he had some shots this week where you're like that at Kiowa is not going to go as well as it does at TPC Craig Ranch. Like you're not going to, you're, you're going to, you know, hit that in the water instead of uh, maybe you just come up a little short. So I think there are some things to tighten up because Kiowa is, is um, a very strategic and difficult place, but man, I, I don't know. I, I think he has to be one of the two or three guys that are, that are the favorites going in. He did. He definitely did hit some shots that were a little even around the green. Part of the reason yeah. I'm so high on him next week is short game. But I saw him. I mean, he flubbed at least two chips 
that I yep. saw. Um, and that's a little concerning. But then I wonder, he's so confident right now. Jordan will do what's asked of him. And that's kind of my belief right now. He just, he is sniffing out these top tens. He's sniffing out the top of the leaderboard. He's expecting to win just in the same way that Sam Burns is. And because of that, they contend every single week. So I'm, I'm with you there, Kyle. He's, he's uh, got to be a favorite. Real quick, Greg, I got to run in like four minutes, but Nick Faldo said on the broadcast, uh, Kiowa is a short game place. And that's what I, that's what, Speeth is great at. And part of me was like, I understand where you're coming from because Rory said a couple weeks ago, like my short game's never been better than it was when I won Kiowa. But also you have to ball strike the hell out of it around Kiowa. I mean, I've done a little bit of research on it. You know this stuff way better than I do. It it's just you can't uh, you have to hit those greens. You you just have to because if you don't, it's it's just so you you can't keep putting yourself. I mean, as good as speed short game is or whatever, you can't keep putting yourself in that position. And to me, that I think that's actually the enticing part about speed is that his iron play has been so so good throughout 2021 that I. I think Kiowa actually, if the driver and it seems to have been kind of worked out, cooperates, then I, I don't know, man. Like I, I think I think he could actually win it. I do too. I really do. Um, and so I I think it's a short game place. Val, I agree with Valdo on that front. Um, and and part of it is because it's so it's going to be windy for the most part. It's always windy there, even if it's going to be a calm day. And I know you got to get going, Kyle. Um, but I know it's going to get be Kyle a, out of here right now. Even, Thanks, Kyle. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Buddy. Thanks, KP. We'll, see you. Yeah, we'll see you. <laughs> I'll hang up and listen. Would have been my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> been uh, so, so anyway, um, he, it's a short game course to me because it's so long and because the ball striking element is so challenging and because you're going to miss greens. Um, and when it's windy out there, there are shots. We talked about this a little bit earlier, Rick, right? You you end yeah. up with shots into very tight areas from very long distances with very severe trouble on one side. And, and the smart play in some cases is to miss the green to the other side to not take on that risk of making a double bogey or a triple bogey, which is lurking on, for example, the right-hand side of the green. So you strategically Uh play away. Now you have that short game to lean on. And I think that's one of the things that really helped Rory in 2012. Um, He kept momentum going and because he was able to get up and down when he did miss. And I'm not saying he was bailing out all this, but but anytime you're going to bail out, which will happen, you got to be able to get up and down and close the deal. We've uh, spent a lot of time this year talking about how great golf has been, how we've gotten awesome winners and, and great results. Did, did we have fun this week? Like not, not to take away anything from KH Lee. I'm not necessarily a huge fan of the birdie fest. We knew it was coming. I think the, the two, two plus hour rain delay, unfortunately at the very end of this event, you know, puts a, a damper on it, a pun intended. Uh, yes. And while it was still a great event while we still, and, and it's always tough to be the week before, a major championship because everybody already wants to turn the page, Greg, which I, I normally don't think is fair, but like, I was like, Oh man, like, could they have not just gotten this thing in before this two hour rain delay? <laughs> so you bring up an interesting thing with the, uh, with the birdie fest and, uh, many people don't like birdie fest. I lo- I do for the most part. And the reason is they always have great endings 
for they they provide great theater coming down the stretch. And most of the time in a birdie fest, you don't know who's going to win. This one, because of the kind of tail of the tape, because of the three tournaments, uh, the three rounds that you had to play within this one round that Kyle mentioned earlier, it took the it took the birdie fest out of it. So you had kind of the, uh, the the really challenging section where nobody could make a move, and it it took out the ben- like the best part of a birdie fest is the end on Sunday, and that got kind of taken away by the weather. Um, so right. yeah, it, it was definitely a damper. It definitely took the wind out of the sails, and it made what could have been what had the potential to be a really exciting back and forth between KH Lee and Sam Burns, and it kind of flattened it out and made it a little um, a little boring. Let's do some odds and ends real quick here. Greg, you hit your best bet, which was uh, Schwartzel over Westwood and Hal at plus money. Well done there. I returned 14% ROI in our little betting contest that we do, but it was the coach who went out and just scorched earth Rory McElroy at Kiowa on us here. He got, let's see. Scotty Scheffler over Brooks Kepka, Cam Champ over Ricky Fowler, Berger over Kepka and Leishman in a three ball, Zalatoris and Schwartzel top 20. And then here's what we knew was we knew this was coming. We knew this was coming, Greg. Uh, Spieth did not win Group C, even though he finished T9, which you hate because Schwartzel finished higher than him. But that's like, oh, that, that's the one that got away. <laughs> Yeah, and and you're watching him play, and he's contending, and you're thinking, oh, I got all right, I'm going to win that one. I'm going to win that one, and then it doesn't go great for Jordan, and it does go pretty well for Schwartzel, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's. I mean, this is why it's a this is why it's a dangerous game. This is why. Uh, casinos have such tall buildings because he's, that's why, that's why they sometimes. do not go out of business. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So I can make the one and done update here pretty quick because there wasn't much movement uh, here for any of us. Jacob and coach both had Scotty Scheffler. They finished T47. Greg, you, I, and Mark had Mark Leishman. He finished T21. And Kyle had Keith Mitchell, T26. So uh, for all intents and purposes, we are going to enter the PGA Championship uh, essentially in a similar spot to the way that we entered the Byron. Nelson. Yeah, at least the um, you know the the three of us, excluding Kyle from that, who basically did the same thing. Basically, yeah, the four exactly. of us did the same exact thing. So um, we kind of just decided to wait until next week for the big one. I have a funny <laughs> feeling that uh, we're going to have some serious movement, and it's starting to get. I don't know about you, Rick, but I look at the one and done sheet that uh, every week when it's time to pick, <laughs> and. The guys that I like during the week when we go over our Monday stuff, I, I have all these guys that I really like and the different ranges. And then I check the one and done sheet and I picked him, I picked him, I picked him, yep. I picked it up. Uh, uh, okay. Where uh, I want to save, I know I, I like, like to save guys for majors, <laughs> but we've already had, we've already had three. Yep. We have three more. So this is going to uh, be a really interesting end of the year in this one and done. My strategy of just going full throttle, foot on gas from the start uh, is now starting to rear its ugly head as I have zero golfers left. So I'm gonna have to get I'm gonna well, have to get pretty creative the rest of the I mean it, it in theory it worked. This is what you oh, right. you knew you know what you're right. doing. You get yourself a lead and you got a you know almost a two million dollar lead on uh on Mark. it's at least a you got at least a one and a half million dollar lead on on everybody in the top four. 
The yeah. race for second is really interesting. It's um, really tight. But you're going to have to go get really cold in order for uh, nobody, in order for uh, somebody to catch you. I think maybe I can just maybe I can just put it away with a winner next week. We shall see. We're going to talk about next week. We've got um, a preview, a, a quick first look out already. But I want to talk a bit more about the PGA Championship next week because now we've got uh, the Byron Nelson in the books. I want to look at the odds and all that good stuff. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. And we're back. It is officially, that's it. KH Lee taps in on 18. It is officially PGA Championship Week. I look over at William Hill and Rory McIlroy is your betting favorite. He is 12 to 1. He's there by himself. I think it is interesting, Greg, that odds makers have made a distinction. They said Rory's 12, and then we're just lumping everybody else. Spieth, Thomas, Rom, DeChambeau, they're all 14 to 1. So they went out of their way to say Rory's, Rory's the favorite. He's won here before. And of course, he's coming off the win at the Wells Fargo Championship. Yeah, it makes sense in a way to me. Um, I, I like Rory's chances this week because of the way that he won at Quail Hollow. Um, I like what he did to the short game. I, I think he's answered a lot of questions about the putting. Uh, well, I mean, maybe he did at least for one week. So is he, is the putting, now the next question is, is the putting something that's going to, um, that's going to hold on? Is the putting something that's real or is the putting uh, just a good week at Quail Hollow? So that's a, a big lingering question. And, you know, I, I don't know if you can say Rory's playing better right now than Spieth and Thomas. Uh, DJ and Rom, you can say he's playing better than, but uh, Thomas and Spieth have a real case to be, um, to be favorites here. So, hey, maybe there's a little bit of value with those two guys. Uh, maybe there is, because I'm pretty convinced Jordan Spieth is the best player on on planet Earth for the last five months. I'm pretty yeah, convinced that is. Justin Thomas, over his last whatever range you want to go to, year, two, three years, is the best Tita Green player on Earth. So that's going to play uh, every single week, and you hope he finds a decent putter. And even if he doesn't, he can win golf tournaments. So I, I agree with you. That that next yeah. tier to me is kind of interesting for just a, a hair of, of built-in value. And, and I think it's also notable, we have not seen Dustin Johnson or you know rank behind five other golfers in quite some time. I could look this up, Greg, but he's 16-1 to 1 heading into the PGA Championship, and he is behind McElroy, Spieth. Thomas, Reed, uh, Rom, excuse me, and DeChambeau, which is not only an assessment of his the current state of his game, but also how strong these other guys have been leading into this week. Which is a big deal. Um, it's a big factor in it. And, you know, the other thing, I want to make one other point on on um, Rory, not to jump on DJ, but, you know, there's a it's it's very common to oversell course history, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Rory won here in 2012, so he's going to win here again in 2021 because it's something tangible. Like we in in our business, Rick, we're always looking for something tangible to hang on mm-hmm. to. Well, so how did how can we use the past to project what happens in the future? And it, and it rarely happens that way. What, I mean, what's the last time somebody went to a major course um, a, other than Augusta National and won the next time it was played there? I mean, it, it just doesn't happen very often. I was going to say, I don't know if it has. And if it has, I'm sure Tiger was the one who did, who did it, but I'm not, I'm, I can't think of any examples off the top of my head. I'd have to yeah. I think Tiger did it. Uh, did he do it twice at, uh, St. Andrews? I was going to say St. Andrews was the one I thought of. Yeah. I, I think that's that, where yeah. it happened. Um, other than masters because masters is at the same right. place every year. So you're going to have multiple winners. You rarely have back to back winners. Um, so, uh, it, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, 
I mean, those are really tight odds on Rory. I, I, I think he's going to have a good week, but I'm, I'm not overly confident that he's going to win. So it'll be interesting. St. Andrews in 2000 and then St. Andrews in 2005, where's the two that Tiger won yeah. five years ago. Yeah. Um, okay, looking right. at the rest of this board, you know, we are certainly going to break this down uh, more in depth on the Monday DFS show, and we'll be giving out our picks on Tuesday. I'm just trying to see. I mean, Brooks Kepka's 30 to 1, which is a great number for our 19 and 18 champion, but I have more questions than I have answers. If we think yeah. short game is going to be critically important, uh, Patrick Reed's at 33. And then I, did we break Patrick Cantlay? Like Patrick Cantlay's 35 to one where four starts ago, uh, he was the, like a favorite to win one of the short favorites to win the players championship. Like, did we just break this guy by everybody getting, uh, getting in on him? I, I don't know what happened. <laughs> I, I mean, he, he's the guy that doesn't do what, what he did, right? He's, he's Mr. Consistent and it happened. It happened. So I don't know how long that's going to last. Uh, I will not be surprised if he pops up in any tournament that he plays right. in and contends. Um, but I'm going to be, I'm going to be late because when there's a, uh, I don't know, because of what I said earlier, I want to see some kind of evidence that says, Hey, this is going to be the week where he comes back. And when somebody has such a quick fall off, you're basically just guessing if you're guessing when he's going to come back. And so I, I don't know, I got to hear something positive before I do that. But um, speaking of Cantlay, his partner in the President's Cup is very interesting to me this week in Xander, Xander Shoffley. Yeah, I'm in, I'm very interested in Xander. I think he's been playing a uh, little bit low key better Um and so he was tied third at Masters. We all remember what happened there. And it was disappointing, maybe devastating. Um, and and that, But last week at Wells Fargo, he was tied 14th. It was a, another nice, solid performance. And Xander is a great short game guy. I mean, a great, he has a great, one, maybe the most underrated short game on tour. He's 18th strokes gained around the green. Um, and, and I just remember some of the shots that he pulled off at winged foot that were so <laughs> so good and he does that in major so he steps up in major championships um he plays well in the wind he he has a runner-up in a open championship before um and i i just i'm looking at xander saying he's kind of the sneaky guy who's a big name that i think could really contend this week all right. Well, we have plenty more content coming uh, this week for the PGA Championship. But for now, let me thank producer Jacob. He does all the hard work behind the scenes. Kyle Porter, we said goodbye to him so he could go do some HQ duties. You can follow him on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS right here with me is Greg Ducharme. You can find him at The Real GFD and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.